come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> hey there, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. We're a movie review podcast that comes your way every Saturday. Um, tell you what. Why don't we why don't we get this out of the way first? Why don't you go over to wherever you found us and give us a like, a star rating, or a review, or better yet, hit the subscribe button so we can get found by other like-minded folks like you and become the fastest growing internet radio podcast in the world. 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 The world. world, world. Okay. The galaxy. In the galaxy. That's right. Um Is the universe bigger? Can I say universe? In the universe. Okay. For all we know, we are. Um, so who are the internet radio superstars? John. Michaela. And I'm Colin. We're missing one tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. So she we're got caught in the fog. We're <laughs> a hostage situation. Either or. It's ironic that you say that she got stuck in the fog. Why would you bring that up tonight of all nights, Michaela? Because you watched the fog. Dun, dun, dun. The 2005 fog. <laughs> no. 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 All right. No. So we're doing uh, a for all, is... Wait, for all we know, did we ever clarify that on on the picking? Because they just said the fog. They didn't say which fog. Ooh, we could have been total assholes and interpreted that as 2005 this, Yeah, they fog. may have been talking about that. 2005 fog. We don't know. No, I think we heard from the person who recommended it. Yeah. And they said in the mailbag. Yep. So stick with us through the mailbag okay. and we'll, we'll, where we will read some of your comments. So what we're doing is. <clears throat> Uh, January, this uh, entire month, we've been doing uh, listener request month. So yes. basically, Lucky we put you. a uh, we put out a uh, you know like, hey, send us your requests for movies you want us to cover. Uh, you folks did, then we put them up for a vote. You guys voted on them, so we're going through the top four vote getters uh, in reverse order. Yes, so that's why last week was Jaws: The Revenge. Thank you very much for that one. And we're making so, <laughs> your fourth place choice, yeah. Jaws: The Revenge. And we're making quite a leap to this week's pick, The Fog, yeah. or more accurately, John Carpenter's Yes, The Fog. John Carpenter's The Fog. That's right. A Deborah Hill production uh, from the year 1980. I suppose directed by we know <laughs> John Carpenter. This is uh, odd that we're doing another John Carpenter movie so close after. We did Christine. Very true. Right before Christmas. Now we're doing The Fog. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, The Fog has a... Uh, it's a... Uh, Can we talk about how it's written by Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, but yet stars Adrian Barbeau? That had to have been a little awkward, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they were... Adrian Barbeau and John Carpenter were married at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Deborah was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll still co-write a movie where you're you're writing your wife a big lead role hey. just for her." She's a professional. She's going to produce a movie. Deborah Hill and John Carpenter were never actually married, right? No, no, they were together, and like at least from the Halloween Unmasked podcast by Amy Nicholson, they talked about how there was like some overlap between. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's why I'm like, I damn good for her for being the bigger person enough to be like, yeah, I'll still write, co-write a movie with you. Well, it could have been written you know. beforehand, I suppose. Maybe, well, maybe I don't know. it's quite possible. I don't know because John Carpenter said he wrote uh, Stevie specifically for Adrian. Barbeau. Oh wow! So okay. yeah, so like we're yeah. still gonna power through this and do it. I mean, at this Actually, point in time, wouldn't you write everything for Adrian? I've seen pictures with uh, the three of them. Like, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. on the set of The Fog, all smiles and happy and all that. So maybe, maybe it was an amicable, split. better relationship. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're all just like, yeah, 
That's cool. Um, Carpenter had worked with Adrian Barbeau once before. I think uh, this, I think, is her motion picture debut. I'm not sure if that's true. She was in Alice, right? The uh, TV show. But when was he, Swamp Thing? After this. Okay. It's like 82. And then Creep Show, right? This is her debut? Yeah, because she was in a this. movie called um, "Someone to Watch," some someone to watch over me, yeah. the John Carpenter TV movie, which I still haven't seen to this day. I've Shit. only gone for like it's theatrical stuff. Of course, but, you have something against TV movies. And yeah, you still haven't figured have that out. Have you seen out. Elvis? He thinks they're inferior. No. No? Jesus, I don't really? think so. Or maybe I've seen parts. I don't think I've seen. I can't believe you've avoided that. Like, yeah, well, I'm not like a big Elvis. Fan. I am, no, but it's John Carpenter. John Carpenter. I know, but it's made for TV. That's right. That's how far my disdain hates me for TV. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I think uh, someone who watch over me came out the same year as Halloween. Okay. I think maybe he yeah. had made Halloween and then he made uh, someone watch over me and then they came out like when one was in the theaters, the other sure. was on, on television. So they got to capitalize on the guy who brought you, you know. Halloween. And then he did, yeah, then he did uh, Elvis. She, she was in Cannibal Run, too. Year? 81? 81, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. So, um, well, the reason I mentioned her, her horror movies is because to me growing up as a kid, when I thought of the term Scream Queen, to me it meant Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Adrian Barbeau, and D. Wallace, for some reason, yeah. like those are the trio. Like it wasn't Linnea Quigley and Brinky Stevens and all this. To me, it was those three. Yeah, you know. And this movie puts two of them together mm-hmm. and brings in the grandmother of, uh, uh, or the grandma, the mother of uh, the right. Scream Queen. She feels like the grandmother of it all. Like, yeah. yeah, Janet Lee from Psycho. She's also in this. Yes. So this would be the first time that her. She and Jamie Lee would be in a movie together. They would also be in H2O. That's right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. This Is movie's it? almost like this movie's almost like John Carpenter's Avengers. Like he's bringing in all of his yeah, a little bit of everybody. In this. We got Nancy actors. Loomis is also in this movie. The only the only people he's missing is Kurt Russell and Donald Pleasance, and then he's got all of yeah. his. Yeah, you're it'd right. be his complete Avengers squad. <laughs> yeah, well, I think this is the first time that he worked with George Buck Flower, mm-hmm. and I think he worked with Buck Flower. I don't know; it's like six times or something. I mean, yeah. his most famous. That guy's been in everything. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, John Carpenter stuff. I think you probably remember mostly from They Live. Mm-hmm, I think so. Right, is the bum who gets uh, mm-hmm. wealthy, but he's mm-hmm. been in like you know, he's a good bum. Yeah, he's uh, bums in a lot of things. Yeah. He's yeah. the bum in Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm the president. Sure, I knew when I got this, I'd be the president. Yeah. Um, it's also got uh, Charles Cyphers, mm-hmm. right? Who was the sheriff, sheriff in Bracket. Halloween? Bracket. Mm-hmm. And he's in this, and um, I think he was also an escape from New York, right? I believe so. I believe so. He he's sends, in somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's, he has scenes with Lee Van Cleef. I think uh. Escape from New York. Um, Nancy Loomis, as you mentioned, yes. she changed her name. She got married. Nancy Keys, I think, is her name now. Yes. But it turns out, thanks to MF Mad, the keeper of the Saturday Night Freak Show, oh, shit. Wall Nancy of Fame, Loomis on the wall, we have inducted Nancy Loomis onto Ooh, the Wall of Fame. Do you know from what movie? Halloween two. You are correct. Halloween three. You are correct. <laughs> the fuck. You are correct. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have to be in three movies that we cover, and you go on the wall. So we're going to be adding her photo to this massive wall there. behind us. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he's got all these people in it, and then he's naming other characters after people that he knows. Big time. Mm-hmm. 
including. It, it gets a little confusing to that point. Almost. Yeah, it does because you know? they're all in the in the uh, in the crew of this movie, and then so you're seeing credits for crew, and then credits for cast named after crew. There's Nick Castles and 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 uh, Bennett Tramers, Bennett apparently, Tramers and uh, uh, Dan O'Bannons, and this, uh, Tommy Wallace. Galore and Tommy Wallace yeah. is all over the place. Yeah, just like all right, calm down. Oh yeah, shit, we forgot to mention uh, the big the big star of the movie, Dean Cundy. Well, he's a <laughs> yeah. cinematographer, but there's also the Tom man. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Well, is it, I'm almost Nick like, it's not, it really, Tom it's not really Tom Atkins. Because is he really Tom Atkins without the mustache? This is true. I would it say It seems like that's where his no. power is. You know, I'm trying to remember. He does get the woman within like 10 minutes of this movie opening, so I'm pretty sure he's still got the power. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, this time around, keenly aware of that, because uh, I'm like, okay. The age difference. And the t- well, we don't have- That's fine. Well, she was, it's she fine. Was like, how, how much do you think it is, Sean? I mean, it's fine. How much of any difference do you think it is? Oh, I, I, I looked how, it up. Did you? Yeah. I wonder. Well, she was. I'm going to say 20 years. She was 23 years. Who damn? How old she is was she? 18 and, and 78. So I just looked up their current ages. I didn't look. So up. she's like 22. She's 21, she's 22, like 20. I think. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, 20. Oh, that's gross. When she made this, and how old was? Hey, oh, she's, she, you know, she can make her own decisions. 44. Damn. He's a rough looking 44, though. He should have had that Rough. mustache. I'd, I'd give it. I'd give it. Tom I, it really is. I'd give it to him if he'd had that mustache. You say that, and yet we were talking about. It looks like his hair is a wig. Like his hair looks. Uh, yeah, there's something saying, up with the hair know, situation from, yeah. in the movie. It was looked a little fake. It's in not, parts. The whole thing's just not his best look. Let's just say that. Yeah. yeah. Does did he also not have a mustache in Creepshow? Uh, did he have uh, a mustache? He's yelling at his kid. I don't remember the Creepshow. I think he didn't have it. Yeah, maybe. Because that was 82. And ironically starred three of the actors from The Fog. Do you know who? Mm. I just gave you time, man. Yeah. Well, duh. Uh, Charles Heffers. No. I don't have much of a memory of Creepshow at all. No, neither do I. It was was Tom Atkins, uh, Adrian Barbeau, and the other person in the cast. This cast just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We keep forgetting. And Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook. Yeah. I forgot about that. Who took Tom Atkins' mustache? Yeah. That yeah. must be what happened. They must have just traded it You can only have one per movie. I think so. You can't have He's two. got a pretty good mustache. Yeah. Well, uh, Hal Hallbrook, I think at this point, was maybe... I think he was really famous for playing... Do you guys remember this? Uh, Mark Twain. Yes. In, like, a, I think it was a, a, maybe a play that became like a TV... Yes. Celebrated hmm. TV uh, special. He's played Mark Twain a lot, I believe. I'm pretty he sure looks he's like still, him. He does, yeah. uh, but I'm pretty sure he's still like, or at least at some point, like not too long ago, still did like plays as Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Like he continues to do it. And yeah, he does. He looks like Mark Twain. Yeah, because I was looking back, I'm like, what would we have known him from before? He was Deep Throat, and uh, yes, he was all the presidents' men. Yes, he was. Um, uh, he was in, um, into the wild. I mean, he's been, yeah, he just wild, he yeah. just shows up and shit, and you're like, hell, yeah. Okay. And now it's like the firm maybe is his biggest thing. That, uh-huh. No, uh, he was in that one movie with uh, all Siege? all the women who wanted to marry the one dude. Uh, oh, what was that movie? <laughs> that sounds like a lot of different types of weddings, weddings or something be. like that. Or uh, I'll figure it out. Wait, hold on, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I remember Sean's this movie. Case. It feels like it was a Farley Brothers movie. That's the point. <laughs> oh Let me see. This is it's weird. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Matt Damon. I don't know. It's weird. A hundred first dates. No. Nope. Damn it. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> back to the fog. All right, the fog. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, so uh, Dean Cundy is the cinematographer here. Mm-hmm. I think we need to talk a little bit about Dean Cundy. Um, God bless him. Because it seems like as time has gone on, there's a lot of um, people who say that the the careers of John Carpenter and Dean Cundy, especially in these early movies, uh, it, credit that we may have given to John Carpenter for the quote unquote John Carpenter style mm. may actually be because of Dean Cundy. I would say so. Which I wonder because you have um, just in the framing, the way the camera prowls, the lens choices that he uses, he shoots uh, uh, Panavision widescreen. There's a lot of uh, compositions in this movie that. Because uh, I I originally saw this movie on uh, you know four by three TV growing mm. up right yeah and like when you can only show half the frame there's a lot of information missing that you're missing in the widescreen because he's got something going on in one corner and something going on in the opposite corner right you know of some shots um, is there anything else friend. that you see that's like distinctly like uh, uh, the handheld handheld panaglide kind yeah. of stuff. It's a little rougher on this in some of the shots, but it's still like that. He still uses it like you see in his uh, uh, his collaborations with Carpenter and everything. It's just got that feel to it where it's just it's wandering with your characters and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. The like, that, tracking shot room to room kind of. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's definitely a, a signature of of that. Of yeah. Him. Because Carpenter's new guy, I think, is like Edward... Wolosky? I can't. I'm sorry. I don't remember his name. But he doesn't have the same kind of flair for like the cinematic right. uh, image of the moving camera, the same way that Dean Cundy does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cundy also. Uh, I just remember there's that scene, that fantastic scene in Halloween, where uh, out of the black in the middle of the frame, the the shape is standing behind uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. Mm-hmm. He would always put. Uh, the horror instead of jumping in from the sides of the screen would be like right there in, in the middle of the screen somehow. Right. right? Uh, and he does that again here. And it's like, was that a carpenter staging thing or was that a Dean Cundy idea? At this point, then maybe it had like a shorthand on that point. Just like, we want to do the thing with, you know, with uh, Hal Holbrook in this point, they're just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And just like coming out of the dark, I guess that's a pretty good one. I think Dean Cundy has a really good sense of, using a rack focus for horror effect too. He does it sparingly, but when he does it, it always works out. It works out really nicely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have watched some of his stuff from the period, um, like the jaws of Satan, about a killer snake that's possessed by the devil. Oh yeah. You haven't lived. Oh, oh Jesus. Mar, I'm right. write this down. So yeah, write that watch down. it at some Got point. Uh, there's Sounds also awesome. the witch that came from the sea. That's a pretty good movie. Not as good. No, but it's a, it's a decent movie. As... But, I mean, it looks like a Dean Cundy thing. And sure. I think Cundy, I can't remember, I think he shot Assault on Precinct 13, right? Carpenter's movie from 76. And he did The Thing. And he did right. Escape from New York. And I don't think he did Starman or Christine. So I think Escape from New York was like the last one. Didn't do Christine. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, the Fog was the first of a two-picture deal that uh, Carpenter did with Evco, Avco Embassy Films. So mm. this would have been... Basically, uh, Carpenter had a huge hit on his hand, unexpected, huge hit with Halloween, mm. 1978. Um, and so this would have been the movie from the man who brought you Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the two-picture deal was this and Escape from New York, and Escape from New York costs like 
12 million or something. Maybe it was like 8 million, whatever. It was a bigger one. This was like the $1 million movie Mm in 1980. Um, So the fog. They did well. Right? Uh, Yeah. With that budget. So what do we got about this movie? Well, for, and then there's another uh, actor that we forgot, uh, John Houseman, right? Who worked with Orson Welles back in oh, the yeah. day. Uh, was in the Naked Gun movies, at least I think the first one. He was also in Ghost Story. You got to check that one out. He's telling a ghost story at the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. Michaela had never seen this movie before. No. How was John Houseman's uh, performer seen at the beginning of the movie? Good. I think he really like set the tone, set the vibe. This movie is a very specific vibe, and this I think a, he did a good job at like laying the groundwork for that. I think so. This is a ghost story. Yeah, this whole movie is. Ghost yeah, story. it is, but like, okay, I, I we're spoiler podcast, but I'm just gonna get you now. It is, but it's a pirate ghost story. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a ghost story. It's pirate ghosts that come out of the ocean. Ghost leopard story. pirate. Apparently, ghosts. on a 100 year anniversary, and that's it. Yeah, so really, they're not that big of a threat, I guess. Like, well, not yeah, that old. But- that's still, that's a cool idea. There's something, okay, and maybe this is why the movie has, that's so why when you're saying this, you're like, yeah, this is awesome, pirate ghost story. So maybe you're on my wavelength with this. For some reason, the best ghost story is the pirate ghost story. I don't know why. Like that one, when you say ghost and you got like a ship with like tattered sails right. and yeah, a it's fog cool. rolling, and I'm like, is it because yeah. of this movie or is that the just legend. the one that somehow, like when somebody's sitting around telling a ghost story, if it's a pirate ghost story, you're like, ooh, this is a this is a ghost story. They are among the most interesting ghosts, right? I will say, if we were to rank them, I guess it's the idea that you know they're going to be shipwrecked sailors, most likely, right. and therefore they're know, coming with soggy, swords. Yeah, and they're yeah, going to there's going to be some pirate booty in there somewhere. And it feels like they're it feels like they're going to be waterlogged and melty, and yeah, mm-hmm. like they go. Oh, they've been in the water for a while. They're not going to look good coming out of there. I mean, yeah. isn't the whole Pirates of the Caribbean franchise built on this? Yeah, basically, the whole yes. franchise is built on this. That's idea. why. The, that's why I like the first good one. That's why the first one's awesome. Yeah, that, that legend is a good movie. Pirate ghost and everything. Yeah, that's why it's good. It's too bad that franchise took a dump so quickly though. Yeah, yeah. We still have the first one. We're good. Yeah, that's all we need. Um, but yeah, pirate ghosts, man. Mm. Well, you said that it had a very specific tone. What mm-hmm. can you elaborate on that? What do you What do you mean? I would describe it as cozy. It's like a very like sleepy, cozy little movie. Like mm. these picturesque like seaside town. Everyone's wearing flannels. There's some nice like smooth jazz playing all the time. Right, it <laughs> it's really very is relaxing. Chill. You roll cozy with it movie. just like the fog rolling through the movie, uh-huh. <laughs> just slowly. Yeah. But is it scary? Is that like the idea I that? We're going to give you a scary horror movie from the guy who terrified you with Halloween. I will say the one thing that always gets me is that first time they show up uh, the seagrass on the seagrass and the guy's going, what is that? And they're just standing there in silence. Always gets me. That I find scary. So it's creepier than it is scary? Yes. Definitely Definitely. creepy. I mean, there's a few jumps that that got me. Well, um, he's working on a lot of them. Creepy. I mean, because that's why I was sitting there going like, well, you know, I know this thing like forwards and backwards now, but I was kind of curious with, you know, Michaela going mm-hmm. through it the first time. Well, Sean said he hadn't seen, seen it once, but it's been a long time and then just bits and pieces over the years. Yeah. So I was curious how well the, and that's why I cranked the volume up just a little bit <laughs> on this one because I knew that, I mean. Well, those, the, it got me because there's a few parts where hands jump out and I'm just like, Bleh. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that. But did you think that it was working hard to deliver a scare? Like maybe only some of them landed, but it was trying all the time with like even the beginning, the the hand coming in and 
closing the uh, stopwatch or the you know yeah. the watch. Right. Oh no, it's going amplified like, on the soundtrack. Like yeah, yes. Yeah. It's just you like know? that's not natural. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're really going for it. Mm-hmm. But some of them did actually work. Did, on me, yeah, yeah. A couple of the jump scares, I was like, works for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Credit to John. This is yeah. why I guess this is why I'm thinking that early John Carpenter had that kind of you know built up that uh, you know mystique or cachet to his name mm-hmm. was because audiences thought they'd go and they're going to be you know there's going to be they're going to be jumping it's going to be scary mm-hmm. and like when did he stop doing that really because i mean there's nothing like this in uh at uh, in the mouth of madness no or they live which is i guess a science fiction or mm-hmm. vampires or village of the damned which is like just kind of village oh, of the damned village is like, damned Whoa. is that like the same location like shooting location as it this movie like it, it looks it? like it. it is it's in oh, it? california and oh. that is where i believe Isn't that John his backyard Carpenter may live yeah that's just like his backyard that's why he agreed to do village of the damned just like well as long as i can shoot it here <laughs> yeah be fine yeah Ugh, yeah that movie that feels like the same yeah, but, but it's he, also it's in California, which yeah. you know when you're talking about like tone and mm-hmm. small towns and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, it's like I really feel that that the only thing that could have made this movie better is if it would have been an East Coast movie. If this would have been like a, a Massachusetts, oh, it would have been like really cold and brutal yeah. and like yeah. yeah, like like hardened, like a little bit more and you'd have, hardened, uh, yeah. like marinas and stuff like yeah. that with mm-hmm. fishermen all over. The, yeah. I, mean, I suppose you kind of do, but you know it's like that. But, like, they're wearing flannels in this movie, and you know, like, it's not cold enough for flannels. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that, like, it doesn't look, like, it looks a little breezy, but, like, you know, but, like, man, yeah, the bitter coldness and, like, saltiness of, like, the East Coast would be an interesting take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think he did that because, like, he said, Mm -hmm. he's he's talking about the cold coming in. Like, Mm -hmm. it can't just, it can't be freezing off the bat to feel the cold coming in from the the ghosts and all that stuff. So I think that, you know, lends itself to that. Does the remake take place in California Fuck the still? It seems to me that it does. I'm not sure. Actually, I can't remember. I, I saw, saw it once, and I at, fucking hate that, that movie. That was in 2005. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right at the height of the, the <sighs> let's remake every horror movie that there is, and The Fog was one of the first ones, I guess, that they went Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this movie, you said it's a ghost story, but it's actually, I guess this is also what I kind of like about these type of ghost stories. These type of ghost stories are ghost stories inside of a bigger ghost story. There's we, How many ghost stories do we get in this movie? I mean, there's at least three. The Well, I mean, I guess the main one, which is set up by um, John Houseman, right? Yep. The main the story of the Antonia or the Elizabeth Dane. Yep. Uh, but then there's also the story about the doubloon or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And Tom Atkins tells a story about his dad. Yeah, was there another one? Maybe there wasn't. Maybe, but for some reason, that's why I have the memory of like people telling ghost stories, mm. which I think is like how you experience ghost stories, right? It's always like somebody mm-hmm. sitting around and telling them to you. You don't actually have right. to cut away and dramatize the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You just have a car- a person on the screen telling a ghost story. If they're good at it, and John Houseman is good at He's it. He's good, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, that sounds like a legitimately good, creepy ghost story. That a hundred years ago on, you know, this night, mm-hmm. uh, these uh, there was this leper colony that wanted to move to this area of town, and the forefathers of this town, like, built a fire on the beach. 
the the ship thought it was a lighthouse yes. and it crashed against the rocks and everybody drowned. I think what you're thinking of is uh, it's not a third ghost story, but it's the second half of that ghost story that Hal Holbrook tells when he's reading oh, the journal. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what. That's okay. the yep. other half yep. of the story. Yeah, right. Yep. That's why it feels like there's another one. Yeah. It's like that's the the folk tale is what we get from uh, John Houseman. His name is Mister Mockin, which is I think a callback. That's a callback to. Uh, was it Arthur Ma- Arthur Mockin, the guy who like wrote about fairies and all no sorts idea. of like yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about that. Guillermo del Toro sure. uses a lot of yeah. I'm gonna say um, yes. Yeah. Well, there's also references to H.P. Lovecraft and stuff. I've mm-hmm. always thought that this movie is like the closest in tone to like that I want out of an H.P. Lovecraft movie. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But I've mm-hmm. never, you know, or like the Shadow over Innsmouth or something like that. Yeah. And I've never really gotten this close to it like ever again. Not in the Mouth of Madness. No, because no. it. And it's weird when you read that script, that could have been, like, it's just the way that, you know, you, you, you stage it, and the way that you shoot it, and when the atmosphere, and they don't use the, the H.P. Lovecraft atmosphere, mm. but it's there in the script, which wasn't written by Carpenter, I guess that one. Um, this one was, though. Yes. So he makes a lot of references to, like, Arkham Reef and, you know, Ashcroft, and so he throws in, like, these names from H.P. Lovecraft into it. Um all right, so the uh, so yeah, John Houseman tells a ghost story to a bunch of kids around a fire at the beginning of the movie, and then we're into the movie proper. We're introduced to our main characters. There's Stevie Wayne, mm-hmm. who's uh, Adrian Barbeau. She's a, a radio disc jockey who sits atop a lighthouse. And the love of Colin's life. I met her oh. at a screening. Of the fog. Oh, I got nice. To, it was Nick Castle. Or, sorry, not Nick Castle. <laughs> see, it gets, see, it gets confusing. Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins, Charles Cyphers, Nancy Loomis, and Adrian oh, Barbeau nice. were all nice. there for it. Yeah. That's, That's good. Awesome. I know. That was that was a highlight. That's as good as it's going to get, you <laughs> know? So. Um, since you weren't, yeah, because yeah, John Carpenter was there for a different year. But, uh, um, yeah, so she, uh, well, Adrian Barbeau, well, we already kind of talked about mm-hmm. Uh, her early uh, horror movie career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't actually interact with like any of the other characters in this movie, really. No, not really, no. which is difficult to do. But I guess, like, I, I guess, like, if I'm gonna write my spouse a part in a movie, it's like here, here's your time to shine. Do whatever the fuck you want, you yeah. know. Nice, nice solo pieces. Yeah. But she's got a dope, a dope. Living space. If I lived there, I probably wouldn't ever leave and interact with anyone yeah, either. She's a DJ so. at a radio station and a lighthouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And lives on a, a beachfront uh, property. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Her studio's amazing. Yeah. It's like this big circular it's library, a, uh, basically. Uh, yeah. On the co- That'd be a nice job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and that. it's a cool lighthouse. Yeah. This seems to be like this weird sub trope of like horror movies that they return to every once in a while of like where a story focuses around a radio DJ. It's happened a lot mm-hmm. here. Texas Chainsaw Two, Halloween six, five, six, six, six. With the, yeah, um, I've heard fuck. short stories and stuff. Uh, Even Urban Legend. Uh, yeah, Pontypool. Uh, yeah. Treat. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, that's that's got see. Urban Legend. Urban Legend. Yeah. 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 It's still a thing. It wasn't even like one era. It's just always like just you that, need something. Well, still put a radio voice in the podcast hosts of Halloween 2018. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I would count that. Sure. Yeah. We have. Uh, what do we have? Tusk. That's the. Uh, that's the podcast horror movie. I yeah. guess. Right. Great. Great yeah. representation. <laughs> 
Well, her function is basically because she's at a on the lighthouse, she can warn everybody yes. about the fog. What's the, what's the deal with the fog in this movie? It glows. Can the fog turn you inside out? No. No, it's okay. just a Simpsons joke, huh? It drowns you. It's not an actual like movie? An old, is it Outer Limits or? No, oh, Inner Sanctum. It? I gotcha. think it's an old radio thing. Because there's a... There's a Simpsons Trios of Horror back when they were still good, where it ends with they're like, oh, that fog that turns people inside out rolled in, and they do like a whole dance number with their bodies inside I out. That, yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, because I think when I was a kid, I think my dad played me the old Inner Sanctum mm-hmm. episode, because I guess that's something that you can't really visualize. Right. What does a person look like when they're turned inside out? Right. But you can, it can, you know, oh my God, yeah, he's been turned inside out, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but she can sit up there and basically kind of has a God's eye view and can watch over like what's going on. And then she right. interacts with everybody on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, she primarily interacts with Dan O'Bannon, not right. the, uh, author slash, uh, uh, director. Right. And somebody just named after him. All these guys went mm-hmm. to, uh, the university of Southern California. Mm-hmm. That's how they know each other. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're all, he's using all the names of people that he went to school with, uh, in the script. Um, but, um, yeah, so Charles Safers is the weatherman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's off somewhere and whatever. Um, but anyway, on this first night um, where we're introduced to all the characters, uh, the town falls apart. This is after the um, the ghost story. And between the hour of midnight and one. The witching hour. Which could have been another title for this movie. Right? Yeah. Could have been. Sure. John Carpenter. Um, you witch got really got to go with the fog on that one. Okay, it's called the Witching Hour. Well, the town basically falls apart. We get in a possibly one of the cinema's longest uh, extended credit sequences. Yeah, it just it goes with that sleepy, like leisurely pace of this mm-hmm. movie. We'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't worry about it. Just let it roll in, yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we see like a bunch of. Uh, I don't know. Incidents. Uh, clerks being terrified by breaking glass. Things are shut. shaking. Yeah. Glass is breaking. Horns honking. Windshields are blowing out. Uh, gas stations are Just pumping. giving gas, yeah. Chairs are moving. TVs are turning on all yeah. by themselves. Dogs it's almost are like maximum overdrive. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> kind of is. Would it surprise you to know that this scene was not in the original movie? No, that would explain oh. why it's so long. Yeah, this is that is the padding the runtime movie because this movie I think clocks in at what is it like eighty seven minutes or something? Oh wow, like that. pretty quick. Hold on, I am consulting like back of the box. It's ninety 30. minutes yeah. with uh, credits. Um, John Carpenter apparently after he put this movie together, uh, he's like it's hour or ten minutes. We need to we need to go do some stuff. Yeah, because I'm not sure how long the original assembly of it was, but he was like this this movie's not working. It's just like, I mean, it was panic mode, apparently. Like, you know, we've got a movie here that does not work. It doesn't deliver the goods. I mean, especially Damn. for this guy who's, you know. Uh, you just know, made Halloween. Just made Halloween. So he went back and shot a lot more stuff. And he said, I think on the on the commentary track, that this is a movie that was made in the editing room. And uh, he... Um, Actually, see, I I did actually read the original script, so I know the scenes that are different. But basically, he went back. They said three quarters, I think, of the movie is is it three quarters of the original, and maybe a quarter of it is the new footage, something like that. Mm. Yeah. So he punched up all the gore. So there's a lot of oh, so sure. the scenes with like uh, 
Jamie Lee Curtis getting uh, attacked by a, a, a reanimated corpse in a morgue. Mm-hmm. That was new. All the scenes on the that deck of the boat where the guys get attacked and you know cut up. That was new. Oh, really? This stuff wasn't in there? No. Oh, boy. In the, wow. original, in the script, it Must just reads been. like they turn around and like shriek as and they see the a, thing oh, man. coming at. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. What? Jesus. What movie, What this movie must have been. I think it was just yeah. like a, and then, you know. Yeah. It's like almost like, 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 a, much, like a G-rated kid's Right. Like, too much ghost of a movie. ghost story where the ghosts just show up and go, boo. Yeah. Well, he said he was trying to get a PG rating. Really? Hmm. Yeah. This is hmm. before there was a PG-13. It was just, uh, you want a PG. And they said, nope. R or they had to bo- you know boost it up to an R. So just like mm. it's crazy to think that there was a time where it was just PG and R. Like that's such a huge gap yeah. between those two. It seemed like they were closer together though in some ways because the R's didn't seem as extreme, and the PGs were like wow. Whoa! But then there were a lot of G-rated movies. You know, yeah. I mean now yeah. you don't have G. G back then would have been, you know, I mean you'd be surprised what got away what you get away with in a G. Yeah, did we did we watched like a PG. We may watch a G that had boobs in it at some point. I mean, Howard like, the Duck has is G that has all sorts of inappropriate PG, stuff in it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen some why, PG yeah. movies yeah. that had boobs in it. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, honest. Yeah, there's duck boobs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's duck boobs in Howard the Duck. Yeah, I know. That was like the opening scene <laughs> in that movie. Oh, I remember. I was. A, it was. Those were my formative years. Mm-hmm. Ew. <laughs> it was. Uh, I'm just saying. I remember them. I know, but they're duck boobs. boobs they're not boobs. just. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. Ducks don't wow. have boobs, so that's what's I, I so disturbing that. about that. I was all right. I was a confused movie. child. Okay. Apparently so. Uh, Howard the Duck. Okay, so yeah. uh, in this movie we've got J- uh, we're not Jamie Lee Curtis boobs, but we've got uh, Adrian Barbeau boobs. So you got that. Not naked boobs. Sorry. Jesus. Um, but the. Uh, Oh yeah, and Jamie Lee Curtis. We were saying that she was the uh, the scream queen. She'd also been doing uh, uh, prom night. Yep. She was in uh, Terror Train. Mm-hmm. She was in this. She was in Road Games. Is that the uh, Road and Games. Halloween? Halloween two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that like six movies that she was in? That um, that's pretty good. Yeah, that accounted for her horror uh, street cred. I think so. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, before we really get in, I mean, Deborah Hill was also uh, like a, you know, I mean, at this time, she was kind of coming up as a uh, producer alongside um, John Carpenter. But, I mean, she became like a big mover and shaker in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, we don't talk about her enough. I'm going to look up what she's produced and everything. Yeah, she died uh, tragically, mm-hmm. I think, young. Was it like diabetes she or was, No, she was a, a heavy, heavy smoker. Developed cancer Oh, yeah, cancer well, there was that for that, a long time. So. 54, she died. Damn. Yeah. She smoked so much, she destroyed one of the original Halloween masks. Oh, really? She famously had one that she kept oh, in a kept box under, under her, her bed. bed, and she was such a heavy smoker. Really? That it destroyed the mask, yeah. Oh, wow. So one of the well, original Halloween masks was lost forever because of that. So, uh, yeah. Producer on many things. We, uh, Halloween the Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, was The she Dead Zone. in Babysitting? Well, that's what I was wondering. That's what I'm looking up. Uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, the David Cronenberg movie, The Dead Zone, right? That's a big yeah. deal. Clue. Oh, yeah, that's right. Adventures in Babysitting. She liked, She had a whole babysitter thing. She liked that. Yeah. Uh, big Top Pee Wee, Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, oh, ooh, she's responsible for Big Top Pee Wee. Yes. Gross Anatomy, do, 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 Disneyland stuff, The Fisher King, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, Road Racers, Confessions of Sorority Girls, Motorcycle Gang, Girls in Prison, Shake, Rattle, and Rock, 
drag strip girl, cool and crazy reform school girl. There was a lot of these. Hmm. Yeah, that seems kind of like on the You're, that line, right? Escape from L.A.? Yeah, Escape from L.A., Crazy in Alabama, uh, producer on The Fog, and the World Fog Trade remake. Center. Yeah. What did she write? Let's see. Oh, she wrote a lot of stuff, too. Well, the Fog remake thing had to be basically an honorary Characters. position for... Uh, both, yeah. I think John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were. Yeah, what did John Carpenter say? He's like, he shows up, he says hello, and then he leaves. And gets a paycheck. And gets a paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's all he did for that one. Mm-hmm. Characters. He's a curmudgeon. Mike. I don't yeah, know if I yeah. could do that. Like, I don't know if, like, if I knew someone was remaking something I made, I could just show up and then, like, not care, you know? Well, and not be, it? like, all up and like, hey, what you doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I would, I would want to know a lot if I was in that position. I don't know. I think maybe he, maybe he felt that at some point, but then he got like, uh, he got gypped so many times in in his stuff uh, that he's just like, I can't care about it because it's just gonna be disappointing. And if I care too much and get involved, then it comes out shit. Well, then I was just involved in shit. So why not just take the paycheck, let know that it's gonna be shit, and just leave it alone. Yeah, because it feels like, I mean, his disillusionment with Hollywood yeah, is mm-hmm. pretty famous. It's so, uh, you know, cut so deep that, yeah, he's just like, well, no, I don't want anybody to remake my movies. And they're like, well, you don't own them, John. We own mm-hmm. them. And we're going to remake their movies and your movies. And so what, what can he do? He's like, fuck it. I don't support this in any way, but I can't publicly be the guy who does that. So it's like, he just kind of goes like, no, I'm glad they're remaking them. Yeah. I get a check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can go on with the band now and get a new keyboard and, yeah. and go play music. <laughs> yep. I love remakes because yep. they pay me. Yeah. They pay me. You know. At a certain point, why not? You made the original and you're just like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure I'm happy with that. Remake it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you just like fucking go crazy over it and, you know, what's the point of that? I think so, especially if you don't own these things. Yeah. The flip side of that is you got James Cameron who bought the, uh, the negative rights to all of his movies. Yeah. So, like James Cameron owns... James Cameron movies. Which is why nobody's ever going to put out an Abyss Blu-ray. Because <laughs> he's just but sitting on avatars. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the HBO now has the HD, yes. HD version is out. Yes. Um, One day. All right, so The Fog. Well, tell me about The, the Fog. fog. What, what do we got after the setup? What's going on here in this movie? Uh, I mean, Tom Atkins is running around with Jamie Lee Curtis trying to figure out what's going on with the seagrass uh, folks. Oh, that's what I was trying to figure the out. We seagrass. were talking about that earlier. No, not the seagrass, the Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Atkins relationship. Uh, he meets her at about one ten in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yep. We know this because Which is where, at, what time you meet the best people. Yeah. Who's she's hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. Right. One ten in the morning in Antonio Bay, which has to be probably like, you know, the smallest little town in Northern California. It's a hamlet. Uh, the hamlet of Antonio Bay mm-hmm. at one o'clock in the morning. It's like twelve ten in the morning. Yeah, that's right, twelve ten. Yes, uh, he picks her up. Because why wouldn't you? And then we know it's twelve, or yeah, twelve twelve. Uh, because they look at the clock because the windows in the car break out because right. you know the town's breaking down. At one o'clock in the morning is when the guy knocks on the door. The oh, ghost yeah? comes to the house. So okay. that means. 45 minutes. Damn. This is why Tom Atkins <laughs> is, is the man. Is the, is the man. <laughs> Irresistible yeah. to women everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like road trips with women always end up like, look at Halloween Yeah, three. I know. That's his, <laughs> Holy shit. That's his life, man. Uh-huh. That's a powerful, powerful man. Yeah. It's amazing. Why did God bless him so much? <laughs> yeah. Because she gets into the car and uh, what is he like? Yeah, great. I'm your 13th ride and unlucky. And she's like, well, we'll see. Like, wow, Tom Atkins. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, like she asked him, 
are you weird? <laughs> He's like, yes, yes, I'm weird. <laughs> yes, like, I am. I good. am weird. Um, so after the uh, the town falls apart, right? Mm. Uh, Father Malone. Yes, Hal Holbrook. Uh, he finds a journal. In a wall, because a brick just fell out from all the shaking. Yeah, after Bennett Tramer, yeah. played by John Carpenter himself. Yes. Uh, leaves the room. The scene felt like it could have taken place 300 years previous. <laughs> My God. Like this. Um, the dude looks like Edgar Allan Poe, right? He might as well be writing with like a fucking feather quill and parchment. Like the, the way this he's writing by candlelight at this desk in like this dark chamber of a room. Yeah. And then Bennett Tramer comes in, like knocks on the door. I'm like, he's oh like, my God, this is straight up. anything before he, I depart for the evening? Exactly. <laughs> I was for a second. I legit for a second. I was like, wait, hold on. Did I miss like a like a title card of like what year it was? Right, we're flashing like, back yeah. or forward. And then but like their outfits were contemporary. So I was like, oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. So and this he's is got just a, radio, a choice we're making. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really could have. There could have been a flashback instead of finding the journal. He puts it away in the wall. Yeah. yeah. And then cut to later. Yeah. Well, it's through this journal that we find out that the ghosts of the Elizabeth Dane, which was the sunken ship, are coming back to wreak havoc mm-hmm. 100 years later. Yes, the pissed on the town of Antonio Bay. What are the? They what do you think wrong. of the uh, the ghosts in this movie? I like them a lot. I'm a fan of what they did with them. Um, I like that they didn't show a lot. I like that there is really the fog that's kind of revealing them. The but less it we is, see, the better. Yeah, I, think, I think it's really. I think we could only be disappointed with uh, getting close-ups of uh, uh, of whatever they could have come up with. We do get a little bit later on in the movie, um, but I really like what they did. I like that they are just haunting figures in the fog. You don't see eyes, face, anything. They're just there. You see eyes at the end. You see, well, I mean, yeah. At the yeah, end, I wish they would have used the glowing eyes more. I liked that. For, yeah, see, I, I dug it. But, yeah, and I guess the fact that you want more is why I like it. It's like, yeah, yeah, could they have done it more? I guess, but the fact that they waited and only did it once, and you were like, "That's so fucking cool! Why didn't you do that more in yeah. the movie?" Means it's like it left you wanting more. But yeah. like, what if? Okay, so that scene where Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins are in the car and it's stuck in their mud and they're trying to pull out and their car's surrounded by them. Yeah. That would have been cool if instead of like the silhouettes kind of coming closer and like the car headlights, if like eyes, eyes just started cool to light up all around scene. them, like one by one, you just see eyes glow until they're like surrounded. It would have been, cool. been dope. I mean, I'm, I like what we got. Is yeah. Cool. The idea, you know, of yeah. glowing eyes. But then I wonder if the scene at the end would have had as much. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that end scene. That end scene also not in the original script. Yeah, because this religious context comes out of kind of nowhere into this movie. Oh, that the cross will. Yeah, I think it. See, that's, what the fuck this is time that I didn't all even about? see that. This time I saw it as like he's getting his gold back. Yeah, that's so it, he touches the gold. The curse is broken because they he he gives the gold back to the ghost. Mm-hmm. Ghost evaporates. All the ghosts go away. What doesn't make any sense is why then the ghost comes back to claim the final victim. That makes sense. Yeah. Say six must die. The uh, original six conspirators. Tom Atkins pulled him away. He wasn't able to finish it off right then. Yeah, but and so he comes back he and grabs. Got him. the gold, so the thing is over and broken. You're but saying he's get six, the six must one. die anyway. It didn't break the curse. Yeah, he's got to get the six one. Yeah. What does it make sense? Come on, that's a better. Do you get however gets his head lopped off? Oh, yeah, it's a great Come ending. I mean, I've ending. always loved that because that's like a great final shot. It's a shot cut to like, oh my god, yeah. Blake is there. Yeah. Blake is played by With Rob Bottin. Oh yeah. In some pretty good, like, ghost acting, just the way he lumbers and kind of, like, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. pulls that sword, like, kind of halfway out, like, he doesn't have the strength to yeah. 
to do it the whole way. Uh, the the ghosts, as you guys are saying, they're they're silhouetted. They must be painted black or something. They have to be. Yeah, they seem to like no front light ever. Yeah, seems to they illuminate. gotta be black. I mean, I was watching, and I'm like, at some point, we should be seeing like the guy who plays this, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. You know, or something. You know, that's what I like. It's just blackness. Yeah. You know, I like it. Well, there was we talked about. There was one scene where it almost looked like a cardboard cutout was being pushed, mm. like yeah, they're like, carried yeah. along, yeah, like concept, yeah. not using their aim game for that <laughs> yeah. shot. Well, it didn't look like they hadn't costume. That guy was in like a leotard, and, yeah, uh, a ski mask, right? Or whatever. Like, no wig or anything across. like that. Yeah. Just, it's like he didn't have the seaweed dripping off him and the robe, you know, because they're left. I guess that's what's yes. also cool about it. So they're all wrapped in gauze yes. mm-hmm. and sea hats, and they all carry the whatever the hooks. Yeah, yeah, the you meat know, hooks, fisherman and all hooks. Yeah, I yeah, like that. it's all good stuff. <laughs> it's all good stuff. It's a good design. Yeah, for not showing very much. This yeah. movie is like really cheap when you think about it. It's like I know it's a cheap movie, mm-hmm. but it well, man, looks they used like, it well. Yeah, it looks like a million bucks. Well, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> But, uh, you know, just because of the, the way that it's shot, right. I suppose. Um, yeah, when you got all that, like, I mean, they've all worked together before at this point. So they got, you know, they're comfortable with each other. So they know what each other can do. Plus, I mean, you just have, like, at this point, the talent of these people. I mean, Dean Cundey, so it's going to look good along with John Carpenter. Um yeah, I think, uh, I mean, uh, Botine doing effects and all that stuff, like, they, these guys know what they're doing, so even with a budget like this, like, they they know how to do it. They pull off some good shit. But do you think there's still, like, I mean, how many movies had they done prior to this? I mean, I guess, to me, it still feels like this is somebody still starting out. Sure. But I suppose we are and saying are. that, like, you know, Carpenter, by this point, had done, like, six movies. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's more than most people. You know, now it seems like you're into your, you know, your. Yeah, how many has Tarantino, has Tarantino done? He's just like. Uh, right. Yeah. Nine, ten. Technically. Yeah, yeah. Even filmmakers who work like, I mean, it seems like it takes them two years to flip a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, even now. Yeah. Um, no, this was him on a. He was about to get on a streak here, releasing one every year for like four years. 81, 80, 81, 82, 83. Was there 82? 82 was producing. No, 81 was. 82 is the thing, isn't it? Oh, that's right. So Escape from New York is 81. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 83 is uh, Christine, and 84 is Starman, right? Yeah, I mean, Starman, yeah. That's, he had a streak. Yeah, man. he had a streak. Can you imagine that now, today? You couldn't do no. it. I mean, one a year? No way. No, the clo- for a while there, we were getting Christopher Nolan movies at like exactly the two-year mark every time. Like It was yeah. the same time of year for like... That happened for like eight years, probably. But every two years is a lot more manageable than every right. year. Yeah. Well, I guess it was just easier to do it then because you didn't have the reliance on post-production special effects. Right. Movies were smaller. Yeah. I mean, this simpler. is like very contained. Yes. You know, you don't have to do big, wide crowd shots. There's nothing really big. Like the streets are always empty in this movie. It right. Like- the biggest thing is like the ceremony and the town square where you have the most people yeah just right. to show that people actually do live there right even then it's just like not a lot of people live here <laughs> yeah. this is a hamlet yeah i mean and that's why i was like well did he employ there was one scene where for some reason i thought that he had like a crane but looking at it this time i'm like oh no he doesn't it's just he's got it's that scene where um Adrian Barbeau pulls up to the uh, lighthouse and uh-huh. parks. Goes oh, and up, then he goes, goes over. The gate. It goes over. He looks over. But yeah. to me, that always felt like it was like, he was oh, going he's going up. out on the, the crane, but he doesn't. It's just no, like, it's I don't just, know what they're on. They're I just see, like leaning over. I'm pretty over. sure he's just, yeah, up higher, and then he just tilts down to make it look like he's going over. Yeah. 
Yeah. Plus, I think it feels like that because it's such a wide, it's such an expansive shot. Like he's looking over the water, and it's a lot of water. Mm-hmm. So that makes it feel like he's going out there. Plus, it's a pretty steep decline. I'm guessing a lot of like I, I think there's probably a lot of miniature work in this movie. You know, like whenever you see boats, you think I'm so? Guessing that's yeah, the boats and the fog rolling over them. I think it was a the a miniature. I don't know what they did for that uh, when they see the Elizabeth the ghost ship the pirate boat for like that one shot in the fog. There is that looked like a real ship that they found or something. There's like, half a boat there and some masts, and that's it. They're <laughs> just like more fog, you know? more fog. Yeah. We got to cover it up for one one yep. shot. That's yeah. it. I think I was inspired by this. I watched a movie called The Ghost Galleon. Oh, this sounds like a winner. It's the third movie in the Blind Dead series. Blind Dead. Oh, you yeah. remember that? Because we watched Tombs of the Blind Dead. We on did. Show. It wasn't very good. No, I can't. Imagine. Well, the first one was barely good. But there was a ship. It was a. It was a. You know, it was a tattered ship. And there was fog, yeah. and there were you know. Templar ghost sign. I'm bad. curious about how they controlled the fog in this movie. Is it just fans blowing it in the direction they want it to go and like just keep pumping the fog machines constantly? Cause it's, have, I feel like they must have had a big fog machine at some point just because like there's some thick fog going on. And it at goes some up point. pretty high at points yeah. too. Like it's got to cover people's heads and stuff, you know? Yeah. So. so this is where we need to look at like what Editing. is in your fog juice that they use because clearly it's better stuff than. Whatever you get at the uh, yeah, mine sucks compared to this. Yeah, it's a it's a higher density mixture. It's gotta be. Well, I've seen on the Blu-ray they do have like outtakes where you can see right before they start rolling, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're out there with big like cardboard, uh, you know, squares, fanning, fanning it, the thing, Mm -hmm. and they're just laying down like they got this big like uh, blower Mm -hmm. and it blows the stuff and it's blowing shitloads of fog. So I'm like, okay, and I see they did it in the. The mist also. Oh, yeah. You know, whenever you see the behind the scenes stuff where they're mm-hmm. laying that down, it's the same principle. But yeah, I mean, this this stuff does pretty good fog acting. I think yeah, so. I, I think so. Some of it is maybe just, you know, things filmed in reverse. So it looks like it's coming at the camera right. when actually it was bl- being blown out right in front of the right. camera. There is some reverse photography in this. Yeah, but it's yeah. convincing, and I mean, it kind of works. I like yeah, the way plus, it comes under doors is really nice. Yeah. yeah. Kind of just like rolls under. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they control it really well. Yeah, even the the reverse stuff, uh, even like it gives it that ghostly quality, even if you can kind of tell it's going in reverse, obviously. But could you tell it it's going in reverse? In, there was uh, a couple shots. A couple shots. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like when it's being sucked into the, oh, yeah, into the yeah, ship yeah, and everything. Yeah, You're just yeah. like, well, obviously that's reverse, but only a couple. Yeah. And you were talking about before, we do actually get to see what the um, the creatures, the ghosts kind of look like. Mm. In one, I think it's like one shot. Yeah. You really get like a lit. Look, oh, very quick. Green face, but it's it's quick. Yeah, and that's it. But it's not what I like about it is that now, if you were going to do that, it would be overly sculpted. You yes. know, the special effects guys would have been like, "This is our moment, right?" Yes. And we're going to sculpt. This, this is what really the this cool. is what it looks like underneath your skin. That's what mm-hmm. the sculpt would be. Just like details. <laughs> yeah, too yeah. much. Maybe. This feels like they puttied up some dude's face, colored it green, and they were just like, "You got leprosy," but it's, and it's covered with maggots coming out. Yeah. Of it, right? But doesn't it never underestimate? Well, maybe it's just me. I don't know. To me, that seem reads as more convincing Hmm? than a hyper stylized, you know, really detailed, awesome sculpt. Yeah, because sometimes they get so detailed in effects um, that it the hyper realness makes it seem like it's fake. I don't know. There's some reason. Like sometimes they do that. Um, When I was watching Midsummer. 
earlier this year. There's a scene where, uh, spoiler alert, where the dude's getting his head bashed in with the hammer after he jumps off the thing. And I'm just like, that almost looks, it's like, I know it's fake because it's the way it's like, it looks like they're beating a dummy at this point. Mm. Sometimes they get too detailed. It just, it really comes across as fake. I don't know why. That was one of them that did it for me. Well, some of it too, I suppose your mind just won't let you go there. You're like, yeah. well, obviously I know that, you know, they're not right. killing somebody. Yeah. Breaking a head on camera. Right. He's a little too squishy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes maybe that's it. The, um, you know, it's that you're aware that it's the artistry of it yeah. is like, okay, so this is somebody who, you know, really knows how to design this stuff. Whereas this kind of more low tech thing, and I'm not saying that I would apply this to every movie, but no. maybe just this one, like when you see that thing, they're like, ugh, you know. That seems like, you know, because immediately it looks like it smells bad. <laughs> that you helps. Know? It's like I yeah. get the feeling. I'm Absolutely. like, oh, that, yeah. that looks like something that could have been underwater for a long uh, time. Yeah. You know? I could smell the boats and like docks of this movie. And just right. Like, Ooh, I know mm-hmm. that smell. Yeah. I can I smell that salty fish sea smell. I'm just like, mm. yeah. Yeah. I know it what they're talking that about. atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, before we go, we probably should, if there is more to talk about the, uh, 2005 remake. Ugh. Did you see it? Well, like you said, I have once, not seen it. once, don't. And, don't. It's a, uh, it's a love story and it blows. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, it's, one of the, it, it's one of the movies where I got, I got viscerally angry watching the movie. And it's one of those where I'm just like, you know how I was like that Dahmer movie with Jeremy Renner? Yeah. I hate that, that movie. That one's really bad. This one goes up there with it. I'm just like, I fucking hate that movie. I saw the one time and I don't like it and I hate them for what they did to it. Because it's not a horror movie. It's a fucking love story with ghosts in it. And the ghosts look horrible because of that blue uh, Jedi ghost look. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, the, it uses Oh, CG. no. Oh, they look like the Frighteners. Oh, that's, that's what they look oh, like. I hate that movie. Yeah. Ugh. And the fact that it can do, because there's all like, you know, isn't there like a swirling dimensional vortex kind I of thing? I think so. Oh, God. End? Yeah. And I mean, nothing's frightening because it's too like. I don't know. I just, it has no atmosphere, I suppose. No. At least that's the way I remember it. The poster obviously has like a face in the fog. All, like, right there, you've gone too far. Right. All you fake know? fog. Mm. I'm sure there was a scene here or there that, you know, they were pumping real fog in there, obviously. Ooh, they do they do but, like faces in the fog? Probably when it's I'm rolling sure in and dumping shit they like that. Probably. Because yeah. that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to remember. Don't now, like, yeah, it I is. I spent all this time blocking it out of my mind. Yep. And I'll never <laughs> go back to that one. Oh, boy. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but The Mist, I like it. I like The Mist. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I think it's unfortunate that, like, I mean, their stories are not similar at all, but on the surface, if you don't know any better, they seem similar. Mm -hmm. And they came out pretty close together, so that's unfortunate. How's the the black and white version? You guys watch the black and Mm -mm. white? No. Nope. I don't know. I'd like to see that. You know, I haven't actually watched that in a while. I should revisit it. What about Silent Hill? That's fog yep. movie. Yeah, it's a very foggy movie. Uh, I didn't like the movie when I first saw it. I know people love that movie. I mean, it's very different than the game, so yeah. that's why I know better. So, yeah. But no. the game's I awesome. The, uh, I love the game. The fog in that movie is mostly, I think, computer generated. I think so. Because I think I saw something where they, you know, they were matting out foregrounds yeah. and putting in fog in the background and all that. It's like, I don't. Know. I mean, granted, I don't think the fog in this it looks like fog. It uh, looks no, like smoke. it's smoke. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's right. so thick and dense, and yeah, yeah and it moves. Uh, it moves like it's smoke. heavier. It's, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, 
There's no fog. I've never seen a fog move like that before. Well, that and it has like, it has, I mean, I know this is like for dramatic effect, but it it does like that hard line where it stops, you know, like there's like an edge to the fog almost. You know what I think this time watching it, I think Mm -hmm. what they were doing, Mm -hmm. I think they were revealing the fog by moving a light. Like the fog was there. Gotcha. It was just because it was backlit. You couldn't see that it was there until you put light on it. Uh, gotcha. And it's like, oh, shit, the fog's like right here in front of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because you front light it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. Yeah. Otherwise, you see through it when the light's like way back. In the right. Distance. So, yeah. But that mm-hmm. could account for that hard edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, no, I like the fog smoke in this movie. You ever seen uh, some wiseacre kind of guy that, uh, he's, you know, they make these uh, action figures now? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the fog one. The fog brilliant, one brilliant. It's pretty good. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I want. Yeah. I would. Want, you should buy one and hang it up on this wall down here. Yeah. yeah. If people at home ha- don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> what it's the it's the reaction figures. Yeah, the cardboard backed figures. Yeah, the yeah. little those tiny reaction figures, and they made one for the fog. And what is it? Just cotton. It's just like, cotton just balls. Like, like little, little, there, yeah. pulled out cotton in there, <laughs> yeah. which is like brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, action figure of the fog. Yes, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Yeah, love it. Fantastic. Sometimes uh, the world is, the internet is too brilliant for its own good. <laughs> we'll say that sometimes. <laughs> that was a good one. Yes. Uh, well, okay. So um, uh, is there anything else that you want to bring up about this movie tonight before oh! we answer some mail and go around the room and tell people whether we'd recommend uh, tonight's listener choice film? I didn't realize until recently that John Carpenter's son Cody is this child he had with Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. That's nice. Oh, Can you really? imagine those two being your parents? Oh, I didn't know yes, that. Like cult movie royalty. <laughs> oh, that, okay. <laughs> How awesome would that be? Yeah. That that kid's living the life, man. Just yeah. touring with his dad, playing music. Yeah. And That's his mom a, is Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't think he thinks of it as cool as you, well, right, you're yeah, putting probably, it right now. Well, I mean, but the fact that everybody. You, know, you want to make actually, a child yeah, with Adrian Barbeau. Maybe the fact that he runs into everybody and everybody's like, hey, yeah, your mom. Your mom. Yeah, your that mom. probably like, sucks. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, John Carpenter, of course, also does his score for this movie. Yeah, it's uh, good. I like it. Yeah, I like. I think it. it's. Not, I think it's simple. I like that it's just kind of simple. I think it could have hit a little harder at certain points, sure. but I liked it. But it seemed to me maybe this is. Uh, it seemed to me like it was. He was the main theme is the Halloween theme played upside down or something. It's something like that. Yeah, it's, like, it's very similar because yeah. it seems like it's almost the same instrumentation. Right? It's yeah. not the same timing, like, maybe, or maybe it is, I don't know, yeah. uh, uh, 5-4 time or whatever. You yeah. know, that one was but done. it's definitely, uh, it's a higher, like, synth on it. But I like it. I think it works. Yeah. I almost imagine that maybe at one point, like, this could have been the Halloween theme, and mm. then he went with the simpler one, and he was like, mm. okay, and then that became the thing. But what if this was the Halloween theme? Ooh, let's, somebody mm. out there, let's trade that yeah. up and see how that works. Put that song over the credits <laughs> over, to Halloween and Actually, see how yeah, it we works. should do it. We should. We that would, that, that yeah. would be, a, yeah, that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> Just to see what that would look like. I think it's still, like. it's still got that, uh, it's, that, that beat is fast enough where they would match it pretty good. Yeah. I think so. So maybe it is the same timing. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. Well, there it is. Well, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to answer some of your mail. And uh, to do that, we're going to have to call on the assistance of our mailman. His name is Igor. Bring us the mail. Masters. Masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising. Rising. Why, thank you, Igor. Hey, thanks, Igor. He's oh, he rolled in with the fog. Oh, <laughs> he's got a little, uh, like, meat hook, it looks like, uh, too. Yeah. 
That's, eating uh, meat off of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> different. I mean, his skin always looks like that. Yeah, I but, kind of always have imagined that what that guy, maybe that's what, what the guy looks like in the fog. Maybe. Is that's what Igor looks like. That's probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's rolling out. Bye, Igor. Yep. And just like that, he's yeah. gone. That's weird. Yeah, well. He didn't. He rolled out of here. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, so you can participate in this is the interactive portion of the show. So you can participate. Uh, you can follow along on Facebook, facebook.com slash night freak show or Twitter at sat freak show. You can email us Saturday night freak show yahoo.com and you can follow along on Instagram. Uh, a bill 13 writes in and says, I've been listening to the internet radio superstars for several months now, and they genuinely make my commute much more enjoyable. There are times I've been stuck in traffic, and I really didn't mind as Colin and Sean have gone off on a hilarious rant, or Holly and Michaela are bagging on them for selecting a painful movie. Five stars all around for this funny and insightful movie review podcast. I bet your followers are rising. Rising. Very nice. Thank you. He's very kind. Thank you. Hey, Uh, Colin, we're funny. There you go. I mean, that's what I was like. Really? Yeah, you're t- when you guys get all worked up about stuff, yeah. we worked out, worked up about some shit. <laughs> um, uh, definitely, if you like that, definitely listen to our best and worst of the year because yeah, you yeah, guys you go, go off on, on a glass. detour. <laughs> that's right. I, yeah, I was yeah. listening to that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, podcast, podcast unchained right yeah. here. Uh, about the fog, B movie poster vault writes in. And says, it's not John Carpenter's best, but it's far from the worst. It's nice and atmospheric, but it left me feeling like there was more he could have done with the premise. Still, even middle of the pack, Carpenter is usually a lot better than many directors' best films. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Siebel writes in and says, the Fog 1980. Oh, it hurts me that he had to actually specify yeah uh the fog 1980 is a great slow burn 80s horror film and that score is classic john carpenter underrated film underrated score fuck that remake side note tom atkins is a straight pimp getting jamie lee in the sack 20 minutes after they meet (laughs) yeah i absolutely love this film the opening sequence is so awesome and sets the tone for the rest of the film there you go (laughs) there's some great observations the power uh, the power of power. the Atkins. You, you, are you on the Atkins diet? Yeah. Can I tell you about the you time I saw the guy at the, it had the, it was a shirt going around. It was just Tom Atkins' face and it said Atkins. So this was at the time uh, of the Atkins diet. That's that big. genius. Yeah that, yeah, that joke can, yeah, we'll never get old. Uh, Grant Parrish writes in and he says, the first time I watched this movie, I was horrified. Too much tension. Why is Catwoman a radio jockey? Oh, yeah, she was uh, the voice of Catwoman. Adrian Barbeau was um, in Batman in the Animated Series. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he says, every other time, though, I'm not sure why is this scary. Just like, don't go into the fog. Like, maybe a couple people don't make it, but it's fog. Walk at a leisurely pace for your lives. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Travis Legler says, I know John Carpenter was surprised that Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't getting more work and cast her in this movie. I know it's another in the Carpenter catalog that doesn't feel like his other movies, but deeply feels like a Carpenter film, still enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Nope. I thought Jamie we'll Lee to was getting a lot of work at this point. I have no idea. All right. mm-hmm. Well, we just named off like all four of the movies, or six of the movies. That well, true. Um, Brent Zemecki says about us choosing, or, you know, that it was, we didn't choose it, it was voted, that yes. we're doing this movie. Yes. He says, hell Yes. I absolutely love this film. It gets overlooked frequently in the list of Carpenter's wonderful filmography. The Fog is one of the best small-scale atmospheric ghost films ever made, in my opinion. Small-scale atmospheric ghost films. 
It's that's, not a, that's a category. I, right I, I smell a list challenge. Yeah. I feel like I could list this. It's one of the best of the small scale atmospheric uh, ghost films. Yes. Was personal shopper being there? Anybody? Yeah, Anybody? I think okay. so. Uh, Chris Huddleston. See Huds. It's late. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Holly's not here, so <laughs> yeah. she didn't jump on that one. Yeah. He says, I love, love, love this one. Great music and cinematography. I have the Scream Factory Blu-ray, and I watch it at least once a year. That's what we watched it on. Yes. No, wait. No, that's Scream Factory, yeah, is it? Yeah, Scream yeah, Factory Blu-ray. Oh, I see, and Colin. You confuse me there. because yeah, you always have the original artwork out and not the screen fact artwork <laughs> out. Well, that's the original artwork on the case, new artwork on the slipcover. Yeah, that's usually how. That's how I that's do. How it. I, do I always it too. bring without the slipcover. Yeah. to the freak show bar because he doesn't trust us to not ruin the slipcover. That's exactly. Oh wow! It. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize we had to be watched like children. Somebody wow. spills a beer and Colin's like, "No!" Now yep. I just want to put my hands like, all over it. Save the Scream Factory artwork. Yep. Uh, Dave Forbes says, uh, "The hype for the fog is a little overplayed for me, and I dare dare." Oh, okay, let's see. He says it's a little overhyped for me, and I dare dare I say it's a little boring from memory. We'll have to re have a refresher to play along. Besides, Tom Atkins. Is always enjoyable. Y'all. Steve Coat, nineteen seventy four, says it's still creepy after forty years. The soundtrack is ghostly effective. Lock your doors, bolt your windows. There's something in the fog. Turn off the lights. I'm disturbed by the fact that nineteen eighty was forty years ago. Jesus. Jesus. That's fun stuff. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wouldn't I hear that we're closer to 2050 than 1990 at yeah, this point? Jesus. Ugh, I hate yeah, that. I hate it. Um, Everybody stop. We don't need any more reminders. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The ago. end of this movie, the whole I keep watching for the fog is a lift on the end of the original thing, mm -hmm. which was then John Carpenter. He remade it. Uh, Jaws, The Revenge was a movie that we watched oh, last yeah. week. Chosen by you. That's right. Chosen by you. Well, Bill Hainer. Honor? Bill Hainer. Writes in and says, Sean is going to want to track down the original <laughs> ending version where the shark has a less dramatic death. Oh, we the official it. ending, though, is more ludicrous and completely inexplicable. In a movie this bad, it seems more fitting. I don't remember which one was the original, because we're not even sure. We watched the one where it exploded. Yeah thoroughly exploded <laughs> but it did get impaled on the end of a uh, uh, the mat whatever the pointy part of the a mask. yes yes yeah. and then so in both the of them the mask, the mask goes up yeah in both of them the, the I, I really need to know what the pointy part of the ship is called because i'm tired <laughs> of calling it the pointy part of the ship right and i have no idea what to call it um but it in both of them it gets impaled and one it explodes and the other one it just uh, uh bleeds all bleeds yawns and dies yeah. um i always remember the bleeds yawns and dies is the one i've always seen on tv and everything so Sean, I've seen is ahead of you. I've seen the exploding. I've seen one. them both. Yes. Yeah. But the one I always remember is it just bleeding out and and falling down and taking the front of the ship off. I like the way that Sean. Everybody knows you're the alternate version guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all know. If they only know one thing about oh, you. I that's love a good alternate know. version. I love it. That's why I go watch it. It's like, oh, there's something alternate about this. Something different. Yeah. It's like I've seen this enough and I've seen this plenty. What's a little twist on that flavor? What what can I get out of this still? Yet it be something different. Alternate versions. Alternate Love versions. Love it. Right. Well, there you have it. So now you're going to find out. Is if... there an alternate ending on here? No. <laughs> Damn it. No. Well, Sean's definitely never going to buy it then. So. The alternate ending was it, it ended with. Uh, it ended with. Watch Hal Holbrook alive. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, and I don't think there was the thing on the top of the lighthouse with Stevie Wayne either. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That would be a thing that would add to it. Yeah. So, um, an added thing. Now we're going to go around the table. We're going to tell you if we recommend The Fog, starting with me. Sean? There you go. I think it's me. That was your cue. Like, somebody's got to yell, Sean! Thank you, Colin. Yeah, why don't you do it? You know what's mm-hmm. happening here. Well, because I'm, I'm saying the thing before it. We're all off, thrown does. off I by know, uh, right. missing a person. Yeah, That's true. Uh, the Fog. Um, somebody mentioned in their review uh, their last memory of it was being a little boring. And that was my last memory of it, to tell you the truth. Because I watched it so long ago. Um, and then, again, just by catching bits and pieces here and there, uh, it, it didn't seem like the like uh, the edge-of-your-seat exciting movie or uh, or anything like that. So, yeah, I remembered it being a little bit boring. Um, but watching it here tonight, um, I, I didn't find it boring. It is definitely one of the, uh, like they said, more middle-of-the-road Carpenter. But, you know, uh, middle-of-the-road Carpenter is better than a lot of other stuff. Um, uh, I liked it watching here tonight. Uh, I recommend The Fog. Um, I like... Uh, I like the, what they did with the ghosts. Uh, again, like everybody said, very atmospheric. Um, I will, score is good as far as I'm concerned. Um, everyone's doing a pretty good job acting. Atkins is, you know, uh, kicking ass and getting phone numbers. Like, you know, so he's doing all right. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty much uh, an all-star for this era cast. Like, you'll recognize everybody in this. They're all doing pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a good Carpenter movie. Uh, I enjoy it. I recommend you watch it. So there you go. The Fog. I liked it. Michaela. Uh, I I really struggled to get over the lack of mustache on Tom Atkins. It is a thing. You don't get used to it until the last minute of seeing Tom Atkins. Because he he looks very, like, Shatner-y without it. Like, later Shatner. Like, kind of like Shatner in the last, like, 20 years, you know? Kind of like bigger, rounder head than he had when he was younger. You said it when we started the movie. It's just like, it still looks... His lip... It feels like there should be more lip now that he shaved the mustache, and there's no more lip. He still acts like he has a mustache. Like, his, like it's like phantom mustache, you know? (laughs) He's still acting with a mustache. He's got none. Because his top lip isn't moving at all in this movie. It is wild. It just looks like something's missing, Mm. you know? It does. Um, And, yeah, that's just like... That is his, like iconic look you know mm-hmm. like if you were gonna you know draw tom atkins you know <laughs> in a minimalist way you yeah. draw that fucking mustache and the glasses and like that'd be about it you know if he'd had the mustache in this movie this movie would have opened with him in bed with jamie lee curtis <laughs> yeah, i'll yeah, say yeah, that yeah. that's and probably then, what would have happened yeah. you wouldn't have needed to see how he got there <laughs> no. you just know you're like, just it, like oh it, remember when i you were hitchhiking all. and i picked you up <laughs> now we're here but yeah, I mean, the cast of this, like I said, it's almost, it's like, it's like the first phase of John Carpenter's Avengers. He's still got like two more he's got to round up, but he's got like the core group there. And that's pretty cool. And it's always cool to watch anything that he wrote with Deborah Hill is always a treat. It's a little bit different than I expected. I didn't expect like pirate ghosts to be oh, in yeah? the fog. No, I, I've never seen a trailer for this. I had no idea what it was about. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I had seen like the Scream Factory artwork and that was like it. Mm. Um, and I was just like, I was like, is it poison fog? Is it just like <laughs> something else really? is in the fog? Yeah, I had no idea. That is amazing. So I was like, pirate. It's amazing to me that you've gone this far without... I mean, yeah, it's what, just been a big blind spot for me. But it, it just it kind of depressing because that means that the movie is kind of fading, you know. Away. Yeah. I mean, I always knew people. It, so. I always knew a lot of people liked it, but no one ever like really said what they liked about mm-hmm. it, you know. So I never really knew what it was about, and um, and like I have a lot of Carpenter blind spots, so like it's not that surprising I didn't see this one. But I really like 
with this and with Christine, I've really been like connecting with the vibe of these movies lately. Like I like they're kind of like chill laid back leisurely nature like maybe mm. it's just because it's winter for us and like that's kind of like our mode of living right now is like mm-hmm. slow and kind yeah, of just, just like, let's chill just take it slow this winter yeah have but you like, seen assault on precinct 13 mm-hmm, yeah oh, okay i was gonna say yeah that one that, i've seen that'd be the next one to go yeah to um <laughs> like but i've really been connecting with them and then just kind of getting like lost in that vibe and so i think i definitely think you should watch it i don't i don't know if it was i thought it was very scary but i did find it entertaining and like it did different things i expected it would do and dean cundy made it look beautiful and like i said i really liked the cozy kind of like nature of it yeah Plus, i want to i, mean, I want to snuggle maybe because it's a little chilly down here i want to snuggle yeah. up with a blanket and watch this movie yeah like, ah. yeah exactly <laughs> like it's like a good it's a, a good winter time movie you yeah. know i i dig it i like i said i didn't really know what to expect but i liked it i think it's definitely middling carpenter but i mean that's still a compliment you know yeah. so uh, yeah i'd say check it out colin uh yeah i mean i i've had a long history with this movie and so i guess that means that my opinion of it has kind of changed every time that i watched it i remember thinking and i think you know because i was young when i saw it i thought it was great and maybe it has uh maybe it has defined maybe the pirate ghost movie is my jam because of this maybe (laughs) i liked hp lovecraft stuff because of this you know uh, because I would have seen this before I was exposed to right. you know any of the rest of the stuff. Although pirate ghost stories seems to me were part of like maybe not tales from the crypt, but those like ghost story comic books that were sure. out around, uh, inspired by that now around the time. The ghost ship, yeah, right. The ghost ship. It seems like that's yeah. a thing. It seems that's like been it's around been around forever. forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there, I remember there was a point where I had watched it, and you know, having seen it so many times that. It started to go like, ooh, I can see the edges. I can kind of see how it's made. And this time around, it's like, yeah, I'm more aware of the technique. I'm more aware of, like, what's a set and what's not actually really there and, like, how they were cutting, you know, corners all over the place. This movie was a massive hit in 1980, apparently. Um, You know, it made a lot back on its budget. I think there was also, like... was this one of the movies that there was a shooting at in, in 80? I can't remember, but there were, really? like, there's a list of movies that were, there were shootings. I think the fog might've been one of them. Um, uh, that's a side note. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Derailed me. Um, but the, um, the movie, I think to me is still my favorite movie ghost story, <laughs> you know, I mean, like maybe of all time. And probably a lot of that's wrapped up in nostalgia, but there's, uh, I think, why is because all of these characters, to me, like I said, I remember this, the stories. It's it's a movie of people telling stories. And the stories are so full of portent, right, and dread mm. that you're like, you're kind of like on the edge of your seat. It's a creepy movie, right, more than it is scary. Although I think if I hadn't seen it on television, if I would have seen like a, a you know, down here in the basement with the sound cranked up to, you know, a hundred, uh, it probably would have made me jump a lot. You know, it would have been something like, uh, I remember when I saw the original Jew on the grudge or mm. when I saw insidious, this probably would have been one of the, you know, I would have had that memory and maybe that's why people love it so much when they saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Maybe it actually was like that movie was, you know, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, creepy, you know, um, I like all the people in it. Uh, I think like it does 
you know, you guys are saying it's like Carpenter's Avengers, but it kind of feels to me it's like this is where he's building his repertory company. Oh, fuck, even the guy who plays Dr. Fibes, right? I like that yeah, in-joke. Yeah. Um, that's Darwin Johnson, and he was uh, Napoleon... Uh, crap, what, what the fuck was his name in uh, um, Assault on Precinct 13? Uh. He was, uh, you know, the prisoner that they had. That's him. So, like, he's using all of these people that he's worked with before in, you know, bit parts. And yeah, he's got the John Carpenter players. Yeah. And so I think, like, you know them because you've seen other John Carpenter movies mm. more than they went on to be, you know, big stars doing it. anything yeah. else. It's like you've seen a couple John Carpenter movies. It's like he used all the same people. Um yeah, I don't know. I uh, I uh, can't recommend this movie enough, and that's why I kind of like. Did we, you know, I, I'm kind of now sitting here going like, did we pay a fair service to this movie, you know, because it seems like we're so familiar with it. At least you know, I am. I think well, it may be that because you're so familiar with it and we're not familiar with it, we didn't like. We're we're both we're on opposite ends of the spectrum where we're not like completely and utterly in love with it, so we're not maybe building it up as much as this movie should be yeah we're recommending it you know we're recommending it but we're not getting into the plotting and all that other stuff this was kind of an overview well this is sean and i's first date with this movie yeah so basically yeah let's get to know each other a little bit first (laughs) it's also it's a pretty simple movie like there's there's nothing too complicated about it we don't have to hash out a complicated plot Fog is moving in. It's got pirates in it that kill people. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you shouldn't go in it. And it's slowly. Who's your lead character? Uh, Yeah, you got to. It's Adrian Barbeau. We stay with her most Mm -hmm. of the time. I mean, it feels like she is like the person you probably say is like the star. I would say so. It says and even comes up starring Adrian Barbeau. She's the first credited. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she and we're with her. She's like the star. Okay, Mm -hmm. but she really doesn't. You know, she's not involved in involved in the action. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, that's what's weird. It's about an it. ensemble movie, yes. I suppose, in in a lot of ways. Yeah, because um, Tom Atkins, with his you know raw magnetism, yeah. his raw sexual magnetism, something he and I share, according to <laughs> according to <laughs> a reviewer. This yeah, is somebody else's that, words, uh, not mine. Was it that that the other we the one we have framed? Yeah, yeah, the one that's up on the wall right yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> the banner's coming. I ordered it. Right, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I would recommend that you check out The Fog. Yes. It's a That's great a, cinematic ghost story. Creepy three for three. And awesome. Yeah. It really is. It's a good ghost story. And I don't like ghost stories. So yeah, if that, I'm not big on them either. Yeah, so. whatever that tells you. I don't like ghost stories. I like this movie. Mm-hmm. There you go. There it is. There it is. Maybe, uh, add it to a yearly rotation at some, some point in the year. Yeah, this might be going to my winter rotation. Just yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. start a fire. But not on the 21st of April. No. Oh, I don't mean this as a dig, but I could totally see this being like a go-to-sleep movie for me. I mean that in a good way. Like, it's a comforting sure. movie that I'd be like, mm, I can watch this and like yeah. pass out at any time and be totally fine, you know? Yeah. 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 All right, so that's, you should check out The Fog. Uh, next week, we're going to watch a movie that nobody else here knows except for me. Oh, God. Because I looked at the results, right? So we're we're moving up through the ranks. So this is the second most requested movie, or you know, voted on movie. This is the one that you said you guys should watch this. Uh, We're going to do an eighty slasher movie. You know what it is? You know what was on the list? Mm Mm-mm. Sleepaway Camp. Really? Yep. I'll be down. Wow, all right. I, I mean, Sleepaway I'm into it. Because we've never done that on the free I'm surprised that's never been. I know. We did wow. part two. That's wow. right. Yep, we did Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp, Camp too. We did Sleepaway Camp. Oh, we oh. all know about the ending, though, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't Camp. know how you would have avoided it at this point, but. Awesome. All right, well, I'm excited. Shit, Let's you guys do it. are doing good yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay. But right. I'm just 
I, I now I just get more and more worried. The more we get to number one, I'm like, where's the you know where's the shitty one gonna pop? Up? I don't think it does. I think this year that's the thing. I, I we'll share the list or something like once this is all over. But uh, I'm actually kind of surprised. Like pretty pretty much, they went with. Uh, I think it was basically you give people a list of here's a bunch of movies, yeah, and they primarily well, gravitated the toward the ones that they'd seen. I mean, yeah. they probably had the same reaction we just had of wait, they haven't done that yet. Oh, yeah. well, they have to. That was probably what that's it was. where I'm like, Jaws: The Revenge was the like, oh, they got to do this crazy thing, right? Huh. Yeah, all right, that, that all was right. the bad one. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. all right. So that's uh, Sleepaway Camp is next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show, and we hope you'll join us. And until then, the basement is going dark.